Hey, it's Jared Jones from Throwing Jabs. This Saturday at UFC 256, flyweight champion Davison Howie Figueredo takes on the number one contender, Brandon Morhe Learn Moreno. Both are coming off impressive first round finishes less than a month ago at UFC 255. Remember to tune in every Saturday morning at 10 for your combat sports fix on Throwing Jabs. Welcome to All Four Downs, part of the CMG Podcast Network. I am Joe McGuire. We appreciate you joining us this evening. Chase Garcia, Sean Scanlon, Hector Vasquez Jr., and Justin D'Onofrio will join us in just a couple of minutes, of course. Uh, so will our extraordinary, extraordinary producer, uh, Ovi Muniz. We've got a great show for you tonight. There's a ton of great stuff to cover, including these ridiculous college football rankings. We'll talk Coastal Carolina and BYU. We'll get into conference championship games. We'll look at the top performers, updated Heisman race. My man, Mac Jones, still at the tippity top. We'll also give you our picks of the week, including a preview of Army-Navy. But, of course, the big story, Ohio State and Michigan for the first time in his career. Jim Harbaugh will not be losing to the Buckeyes. Congratulations to him. Uh, the memes have been hitting. There he is. Jim Harbaugh, and yeah, they are talking contract extension. They are going to sit down after the season, though, and talk things out. So it's it's not necessarily locked in uh, that he's actually going to be getting an extension. Uh, yeah, knowing Michigan won't lose by 100 on Saturday, but knowing that probably also means an extension for Harbaugh. Michigan discussed new country. Yeah, well, the lower salary, no less, with Jim Harbaugh. For some reason, and I can't imagine uh, this is not the Jets or somebody like that. There are NFL teams interested in him. I don't know if I know why. Uh, Michigan players, when Jim Harbaugh told them the game was canceled this week, there's Drake. Yeah, with the, you've seen that meme before. It's another great one. Gotta love these. Uh, breaking Jim Harbaugh just guaranteed that he will not lose to Ohio State this season. I think that was the first one I saw. Uh, an oldie but a goodie at this point. Michigan. Ovi called it. Ovi knew, and he was right. Ovi Moniz, please come on in and 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 take your bow whenever you're ready. Uh, oh, and when Ohio Moniz. State learned the game was canceled. <laughs> oh. Hey, you know what? What is funny is is that um. Knowing Michigan probably did not have not even a chance against Ohio State. You look at their whole entire season, they don't have an actual quarterback. Their offense is not functioning. The defense is not tackling. I mean, you're going against Ohio State that I, I, I believe in those previous comments. 
it could have been a hundred and nothing score. I mean, literally, Michigan is just out of the net. And you never know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, no one's said anything if he was going to leave. He's always on the hot seat every year. And I think it's best for Michigan to not play. So at least try to save whatever recruits you have for the next coming year. You think it would be that embarrassing that it would it would hurt their recruiting? I think so. I, I really do. Uh, it's not not to say that uh, Harbaugh is actually recruiting top guys because Ohio State, as you know, is taking all, all those recruits in that conference. Uh, but, hey, you know, it is what it is. I called it. But at the same time, you know, we have breaking news today that Ohio State is still going to play in the Big Ten Conference. But before that, I have to show you this meme, Joe. This is how I they felt it. that day when they found out that Ohio State learned that, that the game was canceled. You know, because they needed that game, okay, to justify themselves again with this so-called eye test that uh, they're top 14. Or what do you think? Well, look, I, I think some people had them preordained to be a top four. And as long as they didn't lose any of the five games they ended up playing, that's that's all they wanted. Um, it's always it's always let's get Ohio State in there. Uh, you know they they don't let me down every year. It's the same old same old. The idea that for once things were going to happen at the expense of Ohio State uh, would not have been the worst thing that happened to college football. It it just wouldn't. And this presumption that Ohio State is one of the four best teams in the country, I don't know how anybody can back that statement up. You, you just haven't seen enough from Ohio State to make that claim. Meanwhile, you've seen lots of big games, lots of big wins. There's a ton of other undefeated teams that have won seven, eight, nine games. So tell me why your five make you special. I, I don't understand it. It's not like they beat anybody they weren't supposed to beat. Right, and – you know, look at BYU. I understand that yes, their schedule was weak, but they play the teams that want that that played BYU, and they they convincingly defeated them, and they should be ranked even higher. But to go and say, hey, ask Coastal Carolina, hey, can we play against you guys? And both of them agree. Why couldn't Ohio State do the same thing? Rumors were speculating the good opponent for Ohio State was Texas A&M, which their game got canceled this week. Why not have those two? I just don't understand why they couldn't put that together. You know, is it because of the pride? Is it are they afraid that if they lose, it's over? I mean, what's what's going on? And I think the rest of the cast could actually, you know, answer that question. And I'd like to introduce our special guest on the show, if you don't mind, Joe. We got Justin uh, Donorfio here. How you doing, Justin? Hey, OV. Hey, Joe. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so yeah, Justin. Hey, man, Go ahead. Yeah, no, this, I mean, you know, I love Justin. Justin uh, really is a, a such a student of the college football game. Uh, Justin, I want to just ask you before Ovi jump in here. Uh, you know, Ovi is concerned about what uh, an Ohio State matchup would have done to Michigan. Um, just based on reputation, things obviously haven't been going there, uh, haven't been going well there. There's talk about whether Harbaugh's leaving or staying, so there's always that uncertainty. Do you think if they would have played Ohio State and got lit up that it would make things even worse, therefore making the cancellation a great idea? You know, I know Michigan – obviously Michigan didn't want to cancel the game. We all know that. Um, 
they've been absolutely dominated the last few years. The thing, the thing about it is, yeah, it may save Michigan some um, from being humiliated once again from Ohio State because the last few years, Ohio State has been able to make up the score before they've even been able, before teams before they even stepped on the field, Ohio State could predict the score in the locker room, and that was probably the same thing happened this year. Um, just with Michigan, it just Jim Harbaugh is not with the times. You could just see it offensively. He just hasn't innovated at all. Even Don Brown on the def- defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, it would have been a long day for Michigan. And it, another just absolute beat down the Wolverines would have to take from the Ohio State. I, especially for the first time all year, I think Ohio State played a full 60 minutes of football. And I think you're going to see it again Saturday against Michigan. So it was not going to be pretty. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely the way I saw it. Um, you know, and again, that's not to suggest and and I think earlier this week, um uh what's his face? Herb Street there uh uh had to apologize after he uh kind of stepped over bounds a little bit, Justin, when he said that Michigan was definitely dodging and that, you know, maybe it wasn't really a COVID issue COVID issue as much as it was just yeah, we don't want to play Ohio State. Um do you feel like it's an excuse that, I mean, do you honestly think if given the opportunity, I, I'm not talking about the players because I'm sure those kids always want to play. Do you think Jim Harbaugh, I mean, probably didn't need much. Yeah, we'll cancel. I don't think it took much for him to be like, yeah, we can't. Okay. You know, and it's just a big rivalry game and he knows the standards and the expectations of that game. And, he, you know, I don't think he wanted to because I heard, you know, I think I believe it's they're up to 45 players that have tested positive or injured right now. So that's pretty much half over half the guys you got on scholarship. So um, and if that's the case, then, you know, definitely good call. I don't think they would have done it personally. Again, I think Kirchie was maybe right a little bit of maybe some teams are doing it. But again, who knows? But I don't think Michigan is doing that. I think, you know, the coaches and all the players want to play this game. But again, as we see in college football, there's just, you know, too much, you know, going on and out. Cold. Yeah, and I agree with you there. Uh, I think at the time that they were testing positive, you count the days to where the Big Ten stated that 21 days in quarantine and stuff like that before they even get back to practice field. And and if you calcul- if you do the math, it would have gone past the Michigan Ohio State game. So, and, and, and taking into consideration, man, COVID-19 is not something you want to mess with, especially if you test positive. So, um, the health of the players is more important than the actual game. Oh, yeah, it definitely is, you know. Um, completely, you know, it, it is what it is in 2020. Again, it, it, you know, with all the COVID issues, you just got to make do with you can, with you can do. I know the Big Ten specifically wanted, or the medical teams on – with each team wanted to do the 21 day quarantine um, because they wanted to make sure that guys can get back up to speed and have an extra week because they were afraid if they didn't, there were going to be more injuries to players going back from COVID. So that was specifically why they wanted to do the 21 days. And it make, it makes sense. You know, they're trying to keep these guys healthy, you know, even after COVID when they come back on the field. Maybe we bring in the rest of the boys. Uh, I'm sure everybody's dying to talk. Ohio State and Michigan. 
Sean, let's start with you. Um, uh, what do you think, Ohio? I mean, look, bottom line is we we sort of knew uh, that if push came to shove, that they were going to, of course, bend the rule because so many people have wanted Ohio State from the beginning. This was like preordained. This is like, I mean, they don't want to give Trevor Lawrence the Heisman. They're dying to give it to him. Anything that they could do to give that to him and they get Ohio State in the playoffs is what NCAA lives for right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the Ohio State is the favorite child of the Big Ten. Um, they're going to do anything they can to try and get them in the playoffs. And that's why you mentioned they did bend the rules to make sure that they're in the Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, that that's what brings uh, the Big Ten money really is Ohio State because they are the class of uh, – of that conference. And I think it's obviously it's unfair um, to, to teams like Northwestern Indiana who are having great seasons, you know, try and get them a chance to uh, make, na- make a name for themselves. But um, this is the NCAA. They're going to do whatever they can to get Ohio state in there. Um, and like you, it, it's preordained from the start of the season. One, once they put out that initial top 25 ranking, the top four teams, unless they have a loss, um, they're going to keep there no matter how unimpressive they're playing, no matter if they have a bunch of cancellations. Um, that's just the way they look at Ohio State. And obviously it's unfair to other teams. You know, some of the other teams like Coastal Carolina, um, some of the smaller teams that have been doing good. But, I mean, that's that's NCAA is going to do what they're going to do. And, unfortunately, um, we're going to see Ohio State, whether people like it or not. You know, just once the idea that, Ohio State might finally be on the short end of the stick seemed kind of appealing to me. Hector, I know you've been fired up for several weeks about Ohio State and the presumption that they just belong. The bending of the rules, if you'd like to tee off, the floor is yours, sir. You know, bending the rules to the point where they're breaking it. I mean, this is just unfair to everybody. Um, I'm at the point where I've lost all respect for the Big Ten, for Ohio State, for even accepting this. You know, you you see, again, like Sean said, you see all these teams going out there day in, day out, doing what they have to do to prove themselves, and yet they're not getting any of the love that they deserve. You know, it's all about the money, it seems as if. And, you know, I think this just pulls a bullseye on, on Ohio State going into the playoffs. You know, if they get to that point, if they beat Northwestern, you know, I think everybody's going to be gunning for them to prove to, to prove to the world that, hey, you, not, you do not belong with the big dogs right now. You may have been a big dog, but because of all this, you're not that this year. You know, if this wasn't a COVID situation, then I get it. I understand Ohio State being there. But, you know, there's other deserving teams that that deserve it. And this, to me, just takes the credibility away from NCAA football. You know, that, you know, why even go out there and bust your tail to play when you're not going to get recognized? Oh, yeah, you did good. We'll just give you a, a simple ball game. But we got Ohio State. We need them there. You know, honestly, it's all about the money. And they're not looking for the interest in the fans and, you know, what what's best for us. You know, they're not looking out for that, you know, so I'm not I'm not happy about it at all. And I'm not going to be until the season is over or until somebody shellacks Ohio State and puts them right, put them in the rightful place. So, yeah. I thought you'd be more fired up than that. That was actually uh, a little disappointing, Hector, but that's fine. 
Uh, we'll come back to you later I, when you get a little more. more you ran out of gas for the last right, couple of weeks. You know, Jace, Jace, let me ask you this. Assuming Ohio State beats Northwestern, does Ohio State have to win the national championship or in the future we be like, <laughs> we told you so. You just can't be, you just can't be guessing who the best team is. They actually have to prove it on the field. The past couple years, everyone was everyone's been holding that uh, when uh, Notre Dame made it to the playoff. Everyone's been holding that dominant performance Clemson showed over them. A lot of people throwing uh, Oklahoma's past two playoff past couple playoff appearances against them. Ohio State's in that spot right now. They are not a good football team. I mean, they're, they're a good football team. They're not an elite football team. This defense is lackluster. Uh, the offense is okay, but we saw on at the Indiana game, if you get a little bit of pressure on Justin Fields, he tucks his tail in between his legs and can't do anything. So uh, I, I like their run game. I like their two-headed dragon with Master Teague and Trey Sermon. But even like the O line is very hot and cold at times. I don't. I. I they are going. They are getting set up to get destroyed by an Alabama, get destroyed by a Notre Dame or a Clemson or whoever that is. Like I've said last week, the week before, they aren't even the best team in the state of Ohio. Cincinnati is, and that's a different discussion. But like the, the Big Ten this year. They're not a football conference. They're a basketball conference this year. We saw it last night at the at Big Ten ACC battle. The ACC passed the torch from basketball to Big Ten, and the Big Ten has passed the torch from football to the ACC. Justin, let me ask you this question. If Ohio State matched up with Alabama or Clemson or Notre Dame, which of those three teams do you think that they could legit handle and beat? That's a tough question because we saw their secondary against Indiana. Michael Penix, I know they're up 42 7 or whatever it was, 35 7, but they gave up some big plays. Their secondary is really, really weak. And I, obviously, I think Alabama Classic would expose that. And Nordine up front, I think, would absolutely dominate them. I think Nordine up front, it's got the, the best line, offensive, defensive line in the country. It's a tough I, uh, – I maybe just go Clemson. We haven't seen them complete at times. But, again, it you know, I'm just not confident about it. You know, I, you know again, up front, they're not as good as Ohio State usually is. Defensively, they're not – as strong as they are, you know, Tracer and uh, Master T are good running backs, but they're not the JTA Dobbins. They're not the Ezekiel Elliott that Ohio seems to have year in and year out. Um, you know, they're a good football team, but again, I, I think the other three teams, Ohio, Alabama, Clemson, Nordane are better this year than Ohio state. I'm sorry. I forgot uh, Trevor keys. I appreciate the comment. Uh, he's a big crybaby Ohio state fan. Wow. Sorry, your team's not that good this year. And I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. They're 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 not. I mean, Justin just explained it to you, Sean. I, I'll ask you the same question: Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame. D do you think that Ohio State matches up well with any of those teams? 
I really don't. And, you know, the reason I think that is because I think they're head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, you look at Alabama, what they do on offense, they're so explosive. I don't – I mean, even Notre Dame or, you know, a great defense like that I think would have fits with Alabama's offense. Uh, they're just too explosive. And uh, like Justin said, that Ohio State secondary, uh, losing a bunch of good players from the draft last year and the players that opted out, um, they're, just, they're not that great. So I think – I don't think there's any chance they would hang with Alabama – um, Notre Dame, they're too tough up front. Um, they're going to pound the rock with Kyron Williams and, you know, Ian Book. He, he doesn't make mistakes. So I don't think they would beat Notre Dame. And then Clemson, I, it, it, I don't even think it would matter which QB was out there. I, I think Clemson would be able to handle them. Um, I think the best matchup for uh, Ohio State would, I mean, probably I would say Clemson just because, I, I you know, I think Ohio State could put up points. And I think Clemson probably has the weaker, you know, weakest defense out of the three. So I think that'd probably be the best game, but I don't I don't think Ohio State would really match up well with any three of these teams. I think the you know there's a reason they're the top three teams in the nation. I think it's because they are they're above uh, above and beyond with any other team in the country. Hector, let me ask you this: Let's throw Ohio State out. Who's the fourth team that really belongs with the three teams who are already in? You're on mute, buddy. Sorry about that. Who really truly belongs there? Coastal Carolina. They've proven themselves. Okay. They went out there and beat a BYU team that I didn't think that they were going to be able to, to beat. You know, I went for the Cougars in that game, and Coastal Carolina proved me wrong. I I mean, I think they truly belong right in that spot. I take none away from the Aggies and the Gators, but they got that one loss. You see what I'm saying? The Chanteliers, they are right there. And why, why not them? You know what I'm saying? Nothing against Cincinnati, okay? The Bearcats, they're, they're good. But I just feel like the Chanteliers should be that number four team. And I guarantee they would surprise one of our teams, even my Notre Dame. They could play with the big dogs. They could. Jay, same question. Who who do you think belongs in that top four? I be- Oh, what? I'm sorry. I, I, are you Jace? No. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I could replace you. Yeah. <laughs> no. What? To piggyback a little bit off of what Hector said, uh, and then I'll give you my answer. Coastal Carolina, I think, would destroy Ohio State. This defense is not good enough to keep up with that spread RPO action that Jamie uh, Chadwell has. It's very, very good. And, Joe, you and me were texting about this kid, Jeffrey Gunter. That dude's a beast. Wow. Eat up. Justin Fields, I mentioned it before. Like in the Indiana game, a little bit of pressure. Justin Fields, he tucks his head back inside his shirt, turtle shell, and he starts throwing picks and getting scared. But for the teams that I think should replace uh, Ohio State, I, I said it. I've been saying it. The best team in Ohio, Cincinnati, very well-rounded, solid quarterback in Desmond Ritter, and also Texas A&M, a solid, the best defense in the SEC statistically. And uh, Kellen Mund, he, he's not a he's not a fancy guy, but he will not lose you a football game. He will do just enough to keep you in it. And that Isaiah Spiller kid, he is a solid running back for Texas A&M. I like Texas A&M a lot. Uh, with Florida, like those two teams, Cincy and Texas A&M, they are very well-rounded. problem I have with the Florida – and the problem I have with Ohio State, they're not well-rounded. It's very offensive-heavy, and the defense just can't carry the weight like it. Uh, these other teams can. 
Yeah, to, to carry out, you guys have both uh, great arguments, and, and I support uh, both of you. But I, I, I don't like how the committee disrespected the Sun Sunbelt Conference when you had two teams that defeated a Big 12 that's supposed to be the Power Five, right? Then you got Louisiana defeating Iowa State, but Coastal Carolina defeated Louisiana. So how do you not rank them on top? But you got Iowa State ranked number eight, and Coastal Carolina is still down below. I have no idea what kind of eye test they're looking at. And, and, and I agree. Cincinnati don't understand why they dropped when they didn't even play. It's not their fault. You know, well, but either it. or, I like I like those two. I really do. Exactly, Justin just said it. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Ohio State can miss games and nothing happens to them. Cincinnati doesn't play, uh, and they and they get dropped. Uh, Justin, let me ask you this, because Cincinnati certainly to me, and, and you've been talking about Cincinnati all season long, um, and I put all my eggs in the Cincinnati basket uh, at your expert, uh, your expertise. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about Cincinnati. I think that one's too easy. I want to talk about Coastal Carolina, who I, I think has probably 0% chance to get into this, unfortunately. Um, an amazing game. I've been a, a big Coastal Carolina guy now for the past six or seven weeks. Do you think, honestly, that if Coastal Carolina were to meet any of those three, do you think they could hang or would size and, and sheer speed and talent just be too much? I think they could for a half. For a full game, it would be tough. But I think with the, what they do, it's a spread option. It's a new kind of innovative offense. It's kind of like what the um, service academies do, but they're more running out of the shotgun. So I think they could stay with, it, with, stay with them for a half. Again, I thought BYU was an absolutely blow Coastal Carolina with the ball. I was completely wrong. I, I thought BYU was going to dominate that game up front. It didn't happen. Um, again, Grayson McCall, the freshman, he's been playing really, really well. Um, Haley, the wide receiver, has been pretty good in, in their running game, it, you know. And then, look, they shut down Zach Wilson in that BYU, that explosive BYU offense. I think they could definitely give a team a run for the money for a half. A full game would be tough, but again, it would not surprise me. I would love to see them get a shot to play one of those three teams or even like a Texas AM or Florida because I think they could. Give any one of the teams um, a rubber of the money. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's talk about these conference championship games. These are obviously now really huge games. Notre Dame and the rematch here with Clemson. Obviously, the big difference in this one, uh, that long-haired beauty, one Trevor Lawrence uh, back under center. But at a time where Ian Brooks is absolutely playing out of his mind. I'm going to start with Sean. Hector, I'll go to you next, but I want to hear um, an objective opinion first from Sean. Wait, wait what was the question? <laughs> what do you think I don't of the think game? there was a question as much as it was just a cheap shot at Hector. Who's got this game and why? Um, I would... I, I want to say Notre Dame. Um, just because... <laughs> I mean, we already saw. Uh, I mean, I don't think DJ would be as much. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is great, but I mean, I, I think DJ is, is just right there. He, he's a top recruit, and we saw he had a great game um, against the Notre Dame, who who was a tough defense to play against. Um, no, nah, I'm I'm changing my mind. I, I I'll go Clemson. I'll go Clemson because 
Trevor Lawrence. Um, well, tr- first of all, Travis Etienne had a rough game against uh, Notre Dame, like we remember. Oh my God! That, uh, it's a tough. Right. It's Wait, a did tough you just talk yourself out of it? I love I it. <laughs> oh my God! That's how close this game is. I love I, that. But, but I mean, we saw it the first time. It went to double overtime. Uh, these two teams are two of the top three teams in the nation. So I think uh, I'll go Clemson because it, it's just so, it's so evenly matched. I feel like that you know Clemson has the explosive offense. Notre Dame has that run game and that tough defense. Um, I would, yeah, I'll say Clemson just because I, I feel like. They're not. They're not going to miss the playoffs, and I don't see them losing two games, um, and being out of the playoffs. But it's a really good matchup. I think you know Trevor Lawrence, having him back will be huge. I just don't know how much of a gap it will be from him and DJ. But like, it's going to be a classic. It'll probably be the second best game of the season, right behind the first time they played. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this ACC championship. But I like you could see my reaction right now. I I couldn't tell you which way I, I would go. There, I think they're both really evenly matched. Hector, why don't you uh, tell us why Notre Dame is obviously going to win this game? Because they got Ian Book. They got Kyron Williams in the running back. And I don't think they're going to change much of their game plan just because Trevor Lawrence is back in the game. Yeah, he's going to be a threat, you know, but that's just on the offensive side of the ball. They Their defense is still going to have to try to have an answer for Notre Dame. They're going to have to go back to that tape and see what they did wrong and how they lost that game. If they don't change that, Notre Dame's just going to walk away with another victory and probably most likely knock Clemson out of the playoff picture with two losses. So I, I strongly feel that even though Notre Dame is an underdog, a touchdown underdog probably in this game, that they're still going to come out and win this game one more time. And this time it's probably going to be decisively four quarters, no overtime. Wait, can I- Hold on. Wait, Sean. Wait, Red Sean. Sean's got something here. Go. I forgot about the Clemson starters that they were missing on defense during that game. And and Brian Brees got hurt during the game. He was a little banged up. So I think Clemson's defense, when they're at full health, um, I'd probably take them by three or four points. Even though it's not that big of a margin, I'll take Clemson. Okay, hold on. Before you got – here's a question for Jace real quick. If – and I'm saying if because anything can happen – should Clemson defeat Notre Dame? Does Notre Dame still remain top four? Yes, they do. They already have the win. Like I've said multiple times on the show, it was the defensive starters being out that was the issue for Clemson. It was not Trevor Lawrence because DJ Uyunglele is really, really good. But yeah, it was the defensive stars out. That's going to be, like you said, Hector, that's going to be the game plan that changes. The defense, that's how they're going to stop Ian Book. That's how they're going to stop Williams in the run game is with their actual first string in. You know, and I think this favors Ohio State, the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Because if Ohio State wins, they're looking at maybe jumping up to number three, I'm thinking. I I hate to say it because the Notre Dame loss is probably going to drop them down below Ohio State. And the Clemson loss is going to probably knock them out completely. So this is just a, a, a chess game for Ohio State, and this is and this is what is getting me more angrier, like the Hulk, and I got the green on. I'm going to turn into the Hulk here with this Ohio State team. <laughs> Not for nothing, but how good is this for the ACC? And especially if Clemson wins a close game here, because you could make the argument that you need that trilogy. You, you need that third one to decide who's best. And if each of these two are facing a different team and then perhaps meeting in the national championship, it makes it all the more appealing for them to push that notion. 
But of course, I think Clemson has to win the game. Otherwise, all bets are off. And it, and it certainly, well, let's talk about the other big game here because I think Florida Alabama also has huge implications, Justin. Obviously, Florida playing great. Kyle Trask looks really good. Mr. Jones, my man, Mac Jones, playing unbelievable football. A lot of people think Florida might pull off the upset. Justin, are you one of those people? You know, I think Alabama's defense is a little bit better, and I think that's the reason why Bama's going to knock off Florida. Um, and Patrick Sutton, too, one of the best uh, corners in the country. I think he could slow down Kadarius Toney, um, one of the fastest guys in the country, Florida's top wide receiver outside of Kyle Pitts. I think he could slow him. Sutton could slow down Tony, and I think that could be the difference. But um, Kyle Trask right now, 30 touchdowns, which is um, SEC record right now through eight games, I believe, uh, you know, Again, he's putting up as stats like uh, Joe Burrow did last year, you know. Um, even Mac Jones this year has been so impressive. This is going to be an absolute shootout. This is going to be fun to watch. Um, Najee Harris and um, Devontae Smith on at Alabama side, I think he could have a, a big day against this Florida defense. I think Alabama finds a way to pull it out in a really close one, and I think this could be an instant classic. I have to assume that Big Jace is pulling for Florida and Kyle Trash, your guy. Why don't you tell us why Florida is going to upset Bama? I, I don't know where this is coming from. I've never said I liked Kyle Trask. and I, I never once did. I, I, I've i said JT Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC, not Kyle Trask or Mac Jones. But that's neither here nor there. I, I think this is interesting. Both teams are very, very good. Um, they, they are very, very similar, very well-structured around the offense, a lot of weapons, decent QBs to get the get the uh, ball to those weapons. But uh, I, I do – I like what Justin said. I, I think Alabama does have that slight edge in, in the defensive side of the football, and I think it's going to come down to that. And also the fact that Alabama – they also have a solid run game, a better run game than Florida. Florida loves to air the football out. That's why Kyle Trask is putting up these insane numbers. But, yeah, I do think Alabama – there's a reason they're number one. And they are the best team in the country right now. And I Sean, don't think Sean, be Sean, did you notice he talked for like a minute about Alabama – and lied about his worship of Kyle Trask, which is a, an outright lie that you're telling to a national audience. Shame on you. Sean, I mean, am I wrong here? Is Jace completely full of garbage? <laughs> I mean, I don't – Kyle Trask, I, I, think he's a, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, obviously, he's put up a lot of numbers. I don't – I don't no, remember. Wait, I'm, I'm just kidding, Sean. The actual question is, how did he talk about Alabama that whole time? You know who he never mentioned one single time? Uh, your boy. Never mentioned him somehow. Talked about yeah. everything he liked about Alabama, and the one thing, Jace, I noticed you didn't I noticed you didn't do it. That's disrespectful. How dare you? How many names? Shame on you. Shame on you. The first thing out of your mouth, Sean. Explain Alabama to Jace. What a um, shame. I mean, yeah, it's in uh, it's in the caps letters right there. Mac Jones, baby, uh, most efficient quarterback in the country, uh, completing balls over seventy five percent of the time. And uh, look, Mac Jones is great. 
I think it is pretty easy, though, when you have the best receiver in college football. Devontae Smith has been on an absolute tear. Um, the past two weeks, he's I've put him in my Heisman voting. Uh, granted, he's been at number five, but I think he deserves that kind of credit. He is unbelievable. If you watch the game he had against LSU, uh, he's making these unbelievable plays. He had over another monster game with over 200 yards and three touchdowns, and uh, right before the half, he had a one-handed grab for a touchdown. So I think he's unstoppable. You stack that on top of Nat Najee Harris and Mac Jones, like you said, uh, your boy Joe, one of the most accurate QBs that we've seen really in college football history, um, especially this year. And then – you know, with their offensive line, uh, I think right behind Notre Dame, they're they're one of the best offensive lines in the country. And then, uh, like Justin said, their defense uh, doesn't get a lot of credit. But they, if you look at their games, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, they haven't given a lot of points. They don't give up a lot of yards. So if Alabama and Florida were to meet up, I think Alabama would actually go out and win a convincing game. Uh, I don't think it would be a blowout, but I, I think they have a good chance to win by maybe 10 or 13 points. I, I think Alabama, like Jay said, there's a reason they're the number one team in the country. Jace, say his name. Nick Saban? Say his name. <laughs> Nick Saban? Say his name or he's off. Obi, bounce him. <laughs> there you go. You can come back <laughs> when you say Mac Jones. Well, I, I tell you what, he'll, he'll come back shortly. Don't worry about it. Because here, here's the top six. Uh, no changes here. Alabama number one. Notre Dame number two. Clemson number three. Ohio State number four. And two teams looking out right now, Texas A&M and Florida. Huge uh, implications here for the conference championships. Uh, again, the other team that we haven't discussed really is Oklahoma and Iowa State. That's going to be one hell of a game there. Uh, and yes, during the bowl season, ladies and gentlemen, the All Four Down podcast will host the um, College Bowl Mania. Uh, and we're going to invite y'all, so stay tuned to CloverCrestMedia.com to know more information, to compete against us, everyone here, to see who has the best record. Yes, indeed. And big shout-out to Robert Benjamin. I hope you guys are doing well. Your Florida Gators will definitely fall down to Alabama. And moving on, this is the whole recap of Top 25. Again, the top four, top six still remain the same, but the biggest surprise is Iowa State moving up to number seven. We discussed why Cincinnati uh, took a step down even though they didn't uh, play a game. So with all that, I'm just surprised. And another one, uh, pay attention, Missouri ranking number 25. They're squeezing up. And, and, and if you pay attention to some of these teams and you look at like towards the end of the schedule, they try to build these resumes for these top teams to make them legit. And, and, and that's pretty sad. And, and it's really sad when you have Coastal Carolina, who defeated BYU, still ranked number 13, and yet they are deserving to be top 10. So we'll see from there. Again, there's two more votes. We got one Tuesday, and the final one comes December 20th, 2020, and we'll find out exactly who are the four teams to go to the playoffs. We're all moving on to the Heisman Trophy. And yes, Big Jays. You can't miss it. He'll he understands that uh the number one guy in the vote right now is who, Big Jays. Come on. Dude, I, I've never I don't know where this narrative that I'm a Kyle Trask guy. I've had Mac Jones ever since I took the pie in the face. I don't know what you're talking. Joe, I haven't even put Kyle Trask on my rankings till last week. I've I've been on here multiple times saying Kyle Pitts is better than Kyle Trask. 
So I don't know what you're talking about when it comes to that. I, I've given Mac Jones respect. I, I teased a little bit here about Mac Jones. But, like, yeah, Mac Jones is good. There you go. I've said All it right. all, how many times? Well, Ever since it, I put the pie in the face every as week. Long as, as long as we're all on the same page now. It's all right, man. It's okay. I don't want to hear anything else about Kyle Trask. And I'm just going to remind everybody of Rex Grossman. Okay? Great number just Florida. Crappy quarterback in real life. Let's not hand off. Let's not be handing uh, Heisman trophies uh, to just anybody. And we're, we're better than that. Don't be fooled by the numbers. Straight up, here's my, here's my thing with Mac Jones. Mac Jones has put up huge numbers in every game against all comers. And I love put take that off the screen, Kyle Trask number one. <laughs> He's talking about in junkyards. He's a junkyard guy. Great. I mean, you you wanna what do you want to do? You wanna you wanna light up uh lousy teams? But when you listen, Kyle Trask will show you who he is in the game with Alabama. That's what's gonna happen. And as far as Devontae Smith is concerned, great receiver. But as you pointed out, Sean, the the passes from Mac Jones are on the money every single time. You just look up and it's right there over your shoulder. These guys barely have to, like, do anything other than catch it and run. So, to me, Mac Jones just stands out head head and shoulders above everybody else right now for the way he's doing it. That, that to me is what really stands out is, is, is the calm, cool collectiveness of Mac Jones week in, week out. Uh, you know, everybody was so concerned about uh, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, th- this guy's connecting with, with anybody he throws the football to. He always puts it where it belongs. Hey. To, to me, that's outstanding. Rob, I wouldn't be too, uh, too upset. Uh, this is coming from a guy that thinks – Mike Lennon is better than Justin Herbert. Uh, I will give, like I said, I'm not saying Mac Jones is not better than uh, Kyle Trask. I'll give Mac Jones the edge there, but I will say Kyle Pitts is the going to be the best skill guy on the field. He's better than Devontae Smith. He's better than Oh, 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 oh. You're talking about a tight end mm. versus a wide He's receiver. Like doesn't agree. I don't think that's. <laughs> do you watch no. Devontae Smith's routes? They are impeccable. Impeccable. Do you watch Kyle Smith just bully MFers all day? Did, every you watch, day? did you watch Twice him on Saturday? Did you watch him vanish in the middle of the season? Yeah, because he got injured. He got injured. That's why he wasn't playing. That's why he wasn't putting up no, numbers. Because he, he had a concussion. Play. No, when he was still playing in the games, once he came back from the concussion, he had a bad couple of games. Obviously, he's getting back to it now. I'll give you that. But to say he's a better skill a player than Devontae Smith. It's like four targets and two touchdowns because they were only using him in the red zone. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, if he's only a red zone target, then obviously he's not as good as a threat as Devontae Smith when you can use him anytime. Yeah, and the then game he gets healthy after the, after the concussion and he starts putting up yards. Like last week when he had over 100 yards, not even a touchdown. 
I yeah, I look, I think he's a great tight end, probably the best tight end in the country. To say he's a better skill player than Devontae Smith, I think is just a little little I out think of hand. Kyle Pitts should get Heisman more Heisman talk than Kyle Trask. Oh, let's put it this way. And Kyle Pitts did miss a few games because of concussion. So when you want to yeah. say to put him in the Heisman talks, I mean you have Kyle Trask. Why would you put two people in the same team? In the same sentence, when you know that without pits, Travis Etienne and Trax has been handling his business every week and he's showing the numbers. But Mac Jones is more skillful, more accurate. All right. And when it's said and done, Mac Jones will win the Heisman. It's a game, it's, it's a win win. And it's good because these two teams are going to play each other and we're going to find out on the conference championship who is the better quarterback. Hey, Justin, for the record, Pitts or Smith? Better athlete. I mean, I, you know, I think I'm going to go with Jace on this one. Again, I think Kyle Pitts, when he gets to the NFL next year, I think he's going to be another type of Darren Waller type tight end. With the speed and the size, again, it's good. it takes two guys to take, knock him down. You know? about, oh, Justin, hold on for a second. We're talking about a tight end and a wide receiver. Two different yeah. Two different. We're not. We're not saying Smith is gonna block somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Pitts got the height. He got the built. He got everything. He, he's a total package. But you can't dismiss Smith the way he does his routes, the way he's burning the defenders. I mean, no matter which secondary is covering him, he's always open. Look at the always gaps. Open. You know, always. yes, Pitts is a bully when it comes to the red zone. But when you throw in a 50-50 yard bomb and everything else, Smith is way quicker than Pitts. He is. You know, I, again, I think Devontae is the best wide receiver in the country. But I, I just think you don't find too many friends like a Kyle Pitts type. You know, Alabama had four Devontae Smith guys last year at Alabama. There's not too oh. many Kyle Pitts in the world. And oh, I, I think he's a you 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 said Kyle Pitts is the total package, but you take Devontae Smith because he's so, quicker. But I'm saying is is that that's a tight end position. He is one of the best tight ends in, in in college football, versus a guy like Smith who is the one of the best wide receivers. You know, two different positions. But hey, when they play each other, we're gonna see who's gonna be the better person on the field. That's all to it. You know, but I, I'm. I'm it's just two separate positions that I, I don't think you can't compare. They're both unique, but they also have backup. They have that quarterback that gives them the ball. And it, it's 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 even. Am I right? Sean, no, I, Joe. Uh listen, I'm with Sean. I think that Devontae Smith, I think when you throw in the the punt returns and stuff like that, I mean, you know, look, that's a guy that could break it on any play. Um, and not not just because he's one on one with a linebacker going, you know what I mean? Like that's that's not what Devontae's. I mean, he could take a slant. He could take a deep ball. That, that The way that Devontae Smith plays, it, it, and let me tell you something. Before Kyle Pitts got one Heisman pick, I would I would have to think Devontae Smith would get a ton more than that. Uh, it, it, to me, it, it's – listen, and I'm not saying uh, – Justin, you're right. I think when this kid gets to the NFL, and I think I was talking to Ovi about this uh, on the telephone yesterday – I think that guy's going to be the best tight end in the NFL within three seasons. Within three seasons from right now, he'll be the best tight end in the game. They'll be talking about him along with uh, with Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle. He'll be right up there. He's a freak of nature for sure. But right now, 
Sean, I think the way Devontae Smith is playing, I mean, especially the last few weeks, it's not even close. Yeah, I, I mean, I, all he does is tear up secondaries. You, you look at his, his route running, I mean, it's so amazing. And obviously he's got kind of a smaller frame, but I, I'm not worried about that. When he takes big hits, he gets right up. He's a tough kid. And um, I, I just mm. haven't seen routes mm. run like this. I, he looks mm. – no, I like the way you said that because he takes hits, he gets back up. I can't say the same for Pitts. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, that's not bad. <laughs> for a big guy. All right, time out. Wait, wait, wait. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but unfortunately it has. We'll have to hear what Hector has to say. I don't like Alabama, but I mean Devontae Smith is, you know, he's he's doing his thing as a tight end. I you know, I don't know if he's gonna be able to make it big in the nfl as the tight end but right now what he's doing i mean you got to give him his 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 due right now i mean he is what it is right now he's legit and i think he's the reason why alabama is where they're at of course mac jones but we're talking about a guy who's just tearing it up as a tight end position so yeah i i I hate to say that i mean alabama's all around with everybody especially with him there well there you have it boys it's been settled (laughs) You know what's going to be settled? Devontae Smith. (laughs) What's going to be settled is the picks. This is our last week of regular season picks before we start picking the conference championship. And right now the standards are looking like this. We have Joe and Jace tied for first place. Sean two games back and myself three. Hector, who came in late in the ball game, he's at 61%, doing very well. He actually won this week going 8-2 with key wins of Texas A&M over Auburn and Ohio State covering the spread over Michigan State. And with that, here we go. We got the best 12 o'clock game for Saturday, Georgia at Missouri. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Georgia Bulldogs, so I'm, I'm going for my Georgia Bulldogs for this win. Uh, Joe, what do you see on this game? Well, I, I, again, you sort of mentioned it a minute ago. Missouri is uh, a top 25 for a reason, and it's not because they belong in the top 25. I mean, if Georgia doesn't pound the daylights out of them, uh, then they should probably look into maybe moving Georgia uh, into the second tier of 10s because I think that's where they belong. Relax, relax, relax. Okay? I'm just speaking my. I'm speaking from the heart right now. Justin, you better say something positive. Let's go. Yeah, you know, Bulldogs, I think they, they do take care of the work. Yeah, I think Missouri's ranked here in the top 25 here because of a little bit of SEC bias here. Um, I think what Eli Dertzel has done with Missouri, um, I think he's going to do a good job there. But year one, K.J. Jefferson really tore up Missouri through the air last week. Um, and I think J.T. Daniels, he's come in and just elevated this offense. I think he's going to have come in here and, and have a big day. Um, and I think Larry Roundtree and Tyler Batty are going to have a rough day trying to get anything going on the ground. Um, I'm going to take Georgia by a couple scores. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, ever since JT Daniels has been entered as a starting quarterback, Georgia's offense has looked a lot better. And uh, it's an absolute joke that a team like Missouri is ranked over teams like, you know, Buffalo or Colorado or uh, Liberty. Uh, teams like that who are having a much better season, I, I think it's an absolute joke. And Hopefully, uh, Georgia will, will prove their worth and show that uh, Missouri shouldn't be ranked. So, yeah, I think Georgia will win by uh, at least 21, I think. I think it's a statement win. Uh, I said earlier, I've been saying it, JT Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC. Um, it, Kirby Smart's an idiot for keeping this guy on the bench for so what long. What did you just say? 
this this they in Georgia would be. What did you just say? JT Daniels is the best. All right, uh, Hector, you're up. Jason, <laughs> Jace is out. Jace will take a breather on this one. Yeah, Georgia Bulldogs is going to win this game. I mean, you know, giving them Missouri a 25 spot next to their name, I guess, is just trying to help Georgia move up or whatever. You know, give put another top 25 resume win on their record, but hey, it's just kind of dumb. I think the Bulldogs is going to just walk away with this game. Jace, you want to try that again? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, it really sucks that Kirby Smart is not, like his last name indicates, he's, got, he's not starting this guy. Um, this guy is a solid ball player, um, probably the best raw talent out of any QB in the SEC. And uh, the, it, it, I like, uh, sure, Missouri had a big win uh, in their last game. Shut out a Vanderbilt team that trotted out a female kicker to hide that they were firing their head coach, and they were also a winless Vanderbilt team. So uh, yeah, that doesn't that isn't deserving of being in the top twenty-five. They uh, they're gonna get shellacked by the best quarterback in the SEC. In Georgia's defense and, and Smart's defense, he was not clear for the first couple of weeks, and he was still. Um, JT Danger was still with the practice squad trying to get that movement and everything else to get cleared. So, but the timing was just right, man. And Georgia set up for next year. But what's what's a perfect timing is this one. Saturday to say for North Carolina, it'll be, it'll be good for them. But for Miami, I think they got um they got cheated. Uh, they they're still with one loss. And the ACC decided to cancel the rest of the games for Clemson and uh, Notre Dame so that they can have their ACC championship. Uh, so here you have it, North Carolina and Miami. I'm picking North Carolina to upset Miami. What do you got, wow. Joe? Um, I think the U is going to be so pissed off and so motivated that I think they're going to have a nice shootout with uh, Carolina here. Um, and I think – uh, Miami tops 50 points in this game and uh, wins it handily. Uh, I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with over here. Um, I think North Carolina going the road to win a close one. Um, Al Blades Jr., um, when Miami started in the secondary, you know, now it's a, he's got my so he's going to be out the rest of the season. So I think Miami's, you know, going to be down a couple of defensive starters once again. And I think Sam Howell and the running duo that they have, um, backfield. I think North Carolina is going to be able to do enough against this against Miami team, but it should be fun. Howell versus Deer King. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of points uh, being scored in this game. Two really good offenses. Um, not a lot of defense either. So I see a, a shootout for sure. I think uh, Deer King and Miami will pull it out in the end. I think that they're going to win this game um, by a close margin. But uh, it should be a really fun with a lot of a lot of fireworks, a lot of points in this game. But I'm going to go with the U. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think Derek, it's going to be a shootout. Uh, North Carolina's offense is spectacular. Uh, Derek King is spectacular for the Hurricanes. Uh, I just think Derek King's going to come out ahead here. Uh, North Carolina, I mean, what notable wins do they have? What losses do they have? Florida State, Virginia, and then, okay, you can have the Notre Dame loss, but Florida State and Virginia – Miami, it's going to be close because Miami loves to play teams close. It's going to be a shootout, but I expect the Eric King to come out on top. Yeah, just simple. The U, 
they'll win this game. High scoring, very close. Ain't don't that win. simple as what y'all think it is, but I think it's going to be a very well, competitive game. Well, there you have it. Everybody, uh, except for you and Justin, thinks <laughs> that uh, the U is going to, yeah, you'll see. Fake you. Hey, this is a fake you. I don't know why you say the fake you. This is the real you. <laughs> you don't know, but uh, I do know this. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the game of the week, USC versus UCLA. Uh, I'm going to continue with the upset. I'm not a big fan of USC. I think they should have had two additional losses against the Arizonas. That's right, Arizona, Arizona State. It was a prayer at of the last plays of both of those games. And I'm liking UCLA. That that program is turned on. I think Chip Kelly is doing what he's supposed to be doing, uh, finally. Uh, but then again, this is that season of that pandemic. You never know what you're going to get at, every week. So I'm sticking with UCLA on this one. You know, it's funny. Uh, it seems that all these rivalry games have definitely gone the way of the underdog. I don't think it's going to happen here because I think USC, look, they're not a great football team, but they're a good, gritty football team. They do play close games. They pulled out some close wins. I think they get another one here. You know, I'm I, I'm a little worried, but I am going to go with the upset. I like UCLA. I love Chip Kelly. He's my favorite coach in college football. You're never so, coming back on this show. Justin's my friend. Justin's my what friend. You're doing. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bring you on the show to undermine everything I say. <laughs> Damn you. It was not my plan to uh, keep going against you here. I, I'm very worried about this, but I, I just love uh, Chip Kelly. I know Doran Thompson Robinson. Um, Robinson doesn't really fit Chuck Kelly's kind of scheme offensively, but I think he's getting better and better every single year. And, he's, as, and as long as he can protect the football, make enough plays, um, Felton's been great running the football. They've been great at that. Um, USC, you know, has strolled out the run game. I know they're getting better, um, but I'll take the Bruins. I know I ain't worried because Slovis did throw for over 500 yards last last year against the Bruins, and he had a monster game Sunday night against the Cougars. Um, I ain't worried, but I'll, I'll take the Bruins to get the upset. Yeah, sorry, Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to have to go with uh, UCLA on this one. Oh boy. Um, okay. This, uh, if you look at their, you look at their schedule. This is a team that very easily could be undefeated right now. They had a, a tough loss to uh, Colorado, and then um, a tough lot where a tough late loss to Oregon, where they really should have won that game. Um, and and like like you guys said, USC has been in a lot of close games this year, so I think it will go down to the wire. Um, Keaton Slovis is a great quarterback. He's going to keep USC in this game. But uh, I, I really like what Chip Kelly's doing with the uh, UCLA, turning that program around. And I think uh, this will be a big statement win uh, in a rivalry game here. I think UCLA wins by uh, three or four points late in this one. Uh, you, you were right, OV. UCLA has started to turn their program around because they're starting to get Chip Kelly's recruits in. And, Justin, you said it. Like, the QB still not a – Typical Chip Kelly guy, but uh, I, I don't think they're going to get the window. USC, you, you can't hold those two Arizona games on them. I mean, if, if you're going to talk about OV, you love to mention it on John about the G-Men, how there was no preseason and the first couple games were rough for the Giants because there was no preseason. There was no preseason for the USC. That's why those two Arizona games were tough. They, they went in and handled their business against a good Washington State team. Uh, Jaden Delora, one of the best uh, young QBs in the country for Washington State, and they, they shut him out pretty well. Uh, I like this USC team. 
They're finally getting into form. Uh, the last week of the season, uh, I think they win. Not dominantly because I like this UCLA team, but they do pull off the win at the end. USC. I think they're just going to win this game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. UCLA is going to come with it. But USC, they just – I think they're like, what, 70% of their wins against the current Pac-12 teams as it is right now. You know, they got a winning record against UCLA when they're unranked, when UCLA is unranked. So, I, I, USC is going to come with this and, and it's going to pull out the win on this one. All right. I, they're, they're, one, one Listen, Sean, you know I love you. Um you said UCLA should be undefeated, and and that might very well be true, but USC is because they've won the close games. And I, I, I mean, again, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, hey, look, I like you, I like USC in a close game here. To me, that makes sense. That's the team that's shown they can win close games. That's how I see it. We'll yeah, see what that, happens. Your your logic makes sense, but I, I just think UCLA is a better team. I will say this. The way the rivalries have been going, I, I I guess I wouldn't be shocked. This a this a this is it for the for the Bruins. This is like a, a this is their Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why I think they have a lot on the line. I think Chip Kelly's really going to get them up for this game. So that's that's why I think they're they're going to be super pumped up. Uh, I, I'm excited to watch this one Saturday night. Well, what's exciting right now is this weekend, which is probably the best game off for this Saturday. That's Army versus Navy. For the first time since 1943, the action takes place in West Point, New York. Army has never defeated Navy on their home turf, and they seek to snap an 0-3 deficit with a victory. Navy leads the series, okay, 61-52 to with seven ties. But, hey, man, the tradition between these two football programs is beyond approach. They traditionally shot out beat Navy and beat Army. They conduct a former prisoner exchange during pregame activities, they select the cadets and midshipmen to spend each, uh, each time in their sister's academy during the semester. And at game time, the students head back to their branch and enjoy a game with their peers. So this one, uh, again, this game here, is, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, President Trump will be there, everybody. Uh, from generals to every every everybody there are going to be in that game. And what's so unique there is that we don't need a celebrity to sing the national anthem. Everybody in that stadium sings the national anthem. And with all due respect, at the end, no matter what the outcome of the game, they sing each other's alma mater. And look, these are our men that are our future in our in our in our in our military going at it. So so talented, yet they're not the best recruits in the world, but they get the job done. And for therefore, and I'm going for it. You guys know who I'm going for. Army will beat Navy. All right. Uh, Army comes into this one averaging 30.6 points per game. They've given up 16.3 points per game. Navy's given up 18.4. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I scored 18.4 and allowed 32. Based on that, I'm going to say Army wins this one 31 17. I guess we're losing Justin's audio here. Um, hold on for a second. Go ahead, Justin. You guys hear me now? Yep. Yeah, I, hear you now. I don't know what happened. Weird. Um, 
Yeah, but I got Army. You know, Navy hasn't been even on a quarterback all year. Um, they've really struggled offensively. They're only like 30% on third down Navy is, and that's really, really rare for them. They've fallen behind in the sticks early. That They can't do that in, all, in their offense. Um, and Army's defense has been really, really fantastic. Um, so I'm going to take Army. I know Navy beat them down last year 31-7, so it's a revenge game for the uh, Black Knights, and I think they get it done. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm also gonna go with Army in this one. Um, I think they're they're just the they're the better team this year. And uh, like Obi mentioned, Navy has uh, never went into West Point and beaten Army. So I think that that tradition continues. But um, yeah, I, I mean Army, they, they just have the that physical run game. I, I think that Navy's not gonna have an answer for. Um, but I, I do think it will be a close game just because you know that this game usually always is. So I'd say that Army wins this one uh, in a in a low scoring brawl. Probably uh, I'd say 23 to 17. Yeah, this game is always a close game. This is one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, the best part of this game is, is always the uniforms. Look at how sick those are. Normally, I do make my pick based on the uniform, but not this year. Navy's uniforms are sick, but that that's not going to get it done. Uh, Army is a legit football team. There's a reason why Jeff Munkin is getting, like, talks about going to bigger and better schools, bigger uh, conference schools. He is a beast of a coach. This dude, like, if you look at his locker room speeches, he will get you to run through a wall. He's a great coach, and Army is a great program that they will win this game. Uh, it will be close because it's Army-Navy and there's a rivalry, but Army will win in the end. Do I need to say more? Go Army. Beat Navy. You know, they're, sure. they're going to run their ball down Navy's throat. I mean – you know, Army got three players. Two of them are quarterbacks is rushing for over 300 yards. Navy knows what's going to come at them, but they're not going to be able to stop it. You know, and I am liking Army's uniform, you know, honoring the 25th Infantry Division from from the, I guess, the Vietnam War, I guess, Korea, the, the Korean War, my bad, Korean War. Well, they represented the units from Hawaii, yeah. Schofield yeah. Barracks. So, so I think that's pretty nice. So, yeah. But, yeah, Army all the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, look. You know, almost majority of the Army victories are by at least a touchdown. So it's going to be fun, man. I, I'm so excited. This is just nothing but old school football on both sides of the ball. So don't expect Navy to be throwing. Mm. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be great. You're going to get to know like at least nine running backs in this game. <laughs> uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the starting quarterbacks have four touchdown passes combined on the season. So yeah, don't expect yeah, the aerial assault. No shock and awe. Just awe. No, no artillery in this game. <laughs> Straight up life fighters all the way. So, hey, you know what, Joe? Yeah. It's about that time. Already? Already. Already. Show. Yes. You know, this past Saturday, we saw the best college football game of the year when Coastal Carolina beat Brigham Young University by stopping BYU at the one-yard line. Proof that a small, unknown, disrespected, undersized, under-talented football team can play with anybody in the country. This is why we don't play the games on paper. It's outrageous to think that you know who the four best college football teams are just because... You feel it in your belly. Bottom line, 
What these guys do on the field is what we're judging them on. It's the reason why Mac Jones is the Heisman front runner and not Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Does it does does it mean Mac Jones is a better quarterback than either one of those guys? No. Does it mean he's going to be the number one pick in the draft? No. It, it means none of those things. But we're living in the here and now. I don't care what Trevor Lawrence is going to do in the NFL. I care about what's happening now. That's what we should be ranking and judging these guys on now. What you did last week affects what happens this week. It's time for the NCAA ranking committee to admit what we've known from the beginning. They wanted Ohio State in this championship, and they did everything they could to ensure that was going to happen. And what did you expect? What makes college basketball so much more enjoyable these days than college football is the fact that on any given day, any pick-and-roll team could beat one of the top teams in the country. It's called basics and fundamentals. To think a team like Princeton could ever stand up to a team like Georgetown in a basketball game, and we've seen things like that. We love the mid-majors in college basketball, but as long as the SEC controls college football, and as long as Ohio State is their little baby, it is what it is. Thanks so much for joining us this week on All Four Downs. Very special thanks to our guest, Justin D'Onofrio. Appreciate all the insight, bud. Uh, Sean Scanlon, Hector Vasquez Jr., and of course, our fantastic producer, Ovi Munez. I am Joe McGuire. Make sure you check us out at clovercrestmedia.com backslash all four downs. You can also check out hhwshow.com to get all the latest from the wide world of sports. We're proud to be a part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. We'll catch you next Wednesday night for all four downs. 